Did you know that emotions and trauma can be stored in the body? We have physiological consequences to our emotional experiences. Now, some of our physical symptoms are actual indicators that our system is on overload. So my question for you today, are you paying attention to your body and what it's communicating? In today's episode, we're talking about what your physical symptoms might be trying to communicate and how your body is telling your story. Are you in a season where you're longing for more, desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships? Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic, healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. have a confession. I'm a three on the Enneagram. I'm a high achiever. I always have been. I've been a straight A student, honor roll, super involved in school. Honestly, most of my life, I found my identity in high achievement. Being super driven and doing well in school did give me a sense of worth and value. And I'll share another time about where I think that came from. But you know what? I'm the type of person who can typically handle a lot. Ask Nate. And I try to do it all at once. (laughs) But as I get older and I'm raising four children, I have to acknowledge more and more that I am human and I do have limits. And I want you to remember when we talked in episode one about my eye twitching, in case you missed that episode, it was a season of a very stressful job. I was a victim advocate working in crisis response and managing a sexual assault hotline. And in that season, you know, I told myself I was fine. I could get through it. I could handle anything. But the reality was my eye twitching told me that I wasn't, I wasn't handling my stress. Well, I wasn't processing it and it bubbled up into my vision. It affected my sleep. And through those physiological symptoms, I began to pay attention to the fact that my body might be speaking a bigger message than I'm aware of. The reality is that sometimes we don't handle our emotions well. And we allow our whole system to become bombarded by a particular emotion if we're not processing it. So what does it mean to handle it well? Well, it means that as emotions are coming towards us, we need to be conscious that emotions are meant to be felt and moved through. That's what I mean when I say, are you processing your emotions? Are you handling it well? So for example, 
when you are flooded with fear or flooded with anxiety or flooded with stress, if you stuff it down and push it away, it's not being felt. It's not being moved through. Now, of course, we can't always do that in real time. And the example I love to give, you know, I think about my four kids and my youngest, Jonathan, is two and a half. And at the age of two, kids aren't conscious typically of how their emotions inconvenience us or what's appropriate. If their sibling steals a toy, they cry and scream. Or if they want that treat and they can't get it, sometimes they drop on the floor and whine. They have this immediate physical response to the emotion felt. But as we get older, as children and and become adults, we are conscious of social appropriate reactions. So maybe we do feel that same fear or hurt or disappointment or anger, but we hold it in. We stuff it down because it's not appropriate as an adult to drop on the floor and whine and scream. But the reality is it doesn't stop the fact that we do feel the emotion in that moment. And so if we feel these intense emotions, just as children do, but we're not expressing it, what are we doing with it? Where's it going? The reality is, as Dr. Jackson was talking last week, he's a neurosurgeon and he shared about how the brain and our entire limbic system, our nervous system carries floods of neurochemical messages. And so when we are feeling those messages, they literally go through our entire system and they impact us. Now we can contain that in a moment if it's not socially appropriate, but we've got to let ourselves feel it. And, you know, I remember in the season as a victim advocate, I stepped into some extremely traumatic and terrifying situations as an advocate. Now, it wasn't appropriate for me to also start crying and freaking out with the person who was just victimized. I needed to be steady and calm as they were feeling their emotions. But, you know, often I would get home on one of those evenings that I had a really difficult case and I would just look at Nate and start crying. You know, I would finally almost let myself feel it. And if I didn't do that, if I didn't allow the fear or the anger, the righteous anger of seeing someone um, and hearing about someone being taken advantage of, if I didn't let myself process that, it it would start to build up into bitterness or resentment or hopelessness. And so sometimes I had to hold it for a period of time, but then I also had to tend to it at the end of the day. And honestly, I do this every day as a therapist, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm holding space for my clients and I'm listening to things that are very sad or difficult. And my heart is heavy with them. Now, sometimes I do cry with them. Sometimes I do express motion. I'm human, but I'm also holding safe space. And I, and I have certain lines with that so that they can feel like it's their safe space and they don't have to comfort me. I need to let them be able to unfold whatever they're carrying. And so at the end of the day, often at the end of the day of counseling, I'm feeling emotionally heavy. My head feels full. Sometimes my chest feels tight. And that's often why I'll go to the gym and work out because when I physically move my body, I'm, I literally will feel lighter to be able to go home and to be present with my family. And so when we think about the physiological consequences of our emotional experiences, our bodies are holding a story. And some of us from a young age, we were taught how to work through it. 
If you came from a family who were, were good communicators, if your parents empathized with your feelings, if you were able to express how you're feeling without judgment or being shut down, you likely learned how to do this at a young age. But a lot of us were not given that opportunity or given those tools. And when we were very upset or angry or disappointed, sometimes that emotion wasn't welcome and we shut it down. And then maybe we didn't know what to do with it. So we suppressed it. We stuffed it. And over time that becomes compounded. And often that's when I see people who have these emotional triggers where they can go from zero to 10 with anger because it's, it's anger that is touching the surface of decades of pain that's never been addressed. And when I see someone who's never been in counseling before and they're carrying decades of pain, it is like peeling back an onion one layer at a time. And sometimes we hit pockets and seasons where they just feel this heavy sadness that they've never worked through, or they feel deep levels of anger that was never welcome, or they feel disappointment that wasn't acceptable. You guys, as adults, we have the freedom and opportunity to reparent ourselves. And so today we are diving into this topic of your body telling your story. And this is my point number one. Your emotions cause a chemical reaction that floods your entire physiological system. And so sometimes that means that emotions are stuck in your body if you don't attend to them. Now, one of my favorite books that really made this concept come alive for me is called The Body Keeps the Score. It was written by a psychiatrist named Bessel van der Kolk, and he wrote this book because he wanted to teach about how the mind, brain, and body all work together to heal trauma. Now, Dr. Van der Kolk was actually on the forefront of the pharmaceutical movement in, in treating uh, disorders like schizophrenia. He was on some of the very first panels with the very first medication that was formed as treatment. And at that time, pharmaceuticals were a hopeful tool to use in our healing and he saw it not as a means to an end, but as a resource and opportunity to help people become stabilized to be able to do this inner work. But what happened when the pharmaceutical movement started really gaining speed and there started to be financial stake and, and um, other agendas involved, it started becoming a means to an end. People would be put on meds and then that was that. They never actually were taught tools with how to tend to and tune into the trauma and pain and the story that their body was carrying. And so Dr. Vanderkolk teaches in his book that he started recognizing the importance of not just giving someone meds, but actually tending to their inner system, recognizing their thought patterns, as we talked about this last week, recognizing the story their body was telling, recognizing the trauma they were expressing and holding. And the reality is the body does keep the score. Your body is telling a story. And sometimes when I'm working with someone in therapy, maybe we've worked through things in psychotherapy. We've talked through a lot. They've identified their roots. We've done cognitive behavioral therapy. They understand why they do what they do, but they get stuck. And often this is what I know they need to do body work. Now, what I mean by that is that there are certain physical activities, exercises, practices, and healing modalities that allow trauma and emotion to be moved out and move through your body. Now, sometimes that might be 
Something as simple as nonlinear movement, which is sort of similar to yoga. It's intuitively listening to your body and moving and allowing your body to release emotion. I personally have had a lot of healing through physical therapy through a specific technique called myofascial release. And it's based on this idea that our fascia, which is, which is the part of your body right under your skin, but above your muscle actually stores emotion. And so when physical therapists apply light pressure, light sustained pressure for three to five minutes, it can actually start to loosen and release stored emotion in our body. Now, sometimes it's as simple as it, it allows the tension in your neck or the soreness in your back to in essence dissolve. Like I always picture like a stick of butter melting in the microwave. It sort of dissolves the tension. But sometimes when my physical therapist is working on me and she's working on a certain area of tension, I will literally start feeling a flood of emotion. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's sadness. And I just let it move through me like a wave. You know, I want you to picture yourself standing in an ocean and the waves are coming at you. As each wave comes, if you stand tall and fight against it, it's going to smack you down. But when the emotion comes, if you hold your breath and dive under and move through it, it's easy. It passes through. It's the same thing with stored emotion. If we fight against it, it will continue to come up. But if we allow ourselves to feel it and move through it, it passes through our system and it no longer rules us subconsciously. And so from my experience, doing different physical activities or exercises or even therapeutic techniques, it has allowed me to take my healing, my inner healing to the next level in ways that I didn't feel like my counselor could bring me through. EMDR is another technique. I've experienced EMDR. I have several friends who are therapists who use EMDR. And this is an incredible technique that uses eye movement um, on the left and right side of the brain back and forth to unlock stored trauma from our bodies. Now, sometimes we don't know why we get triggered or why we have panic attacks, for example, or maybe we know why, but we don't, we can't logically reason through it. When that's the case, sometimes we have to have a physical release of that emotion and trauma. It's something that in essence is deeper than just our logical brain. And so all these techniques are good and beautiful ways to to incorporate our healing and acknowledge the interconnected root of our design. We are mind, body, and spirit. Our mental, physical, and spiritual health is connected. So just going to a counselor and doing talk therapy sometimes isn't enough. And if you find yourself stuck or repeating the same patterns, you might want to consider looking at different forms of body work. And so recognizing that these parts are involved, that your emotions are housed in your system if they're not if they're not processed and tended through. Now I, I do want to say something specifically about trauma. I'm a big believer that you don't have to relive your trauma to heal from it. So just because you're experiencing thought patterns or physiological symptoms that you know are rooted to trauma, it doesn't mean you have to just keep reliving your story over and over again to heal from it. That's why I love somatic work. That's why I love physical support for the bodies because sometimes you don't have to intellectually process it. Your body just keeps the score. Your body knows and your body releases it. That's the beauty of our interconnected nature. I think honestly, that's why God designed our brains. Sometimes when we have traumatic experiences, especially in early childhood, some people, maybe some of you are listening and you literally don't remember much of your childhood or you've like blacked out certain seasons of life. 
That is God protecting you from having to relive it, but it might still be in your system and you can physically move through it without actually having to remember consciously what happened. That's the power of our interconnected design. So here's point number two. Why do we disconnect? You know, because people treat physical symptoms as separate issues, they often don't connect to the deeper emotional reality that symptoms are trying to express. So I'm just going to name some physical symptoms that from my experience as a counselor and from my own healing experience, I will tell you some physical symptoms that I often observe that have emotional roots. So migraines, super common. Migraines and headaches are one physical expression of our body being overload. Chest chest tightness or pain. Now, again, I am not saying just chalk it up as all emotion. If you have any concern about your heart or um, a physiological issue, go see a doctor. This is not to replace that. I just want you to be aware that could it be, could there be an emotional root connected? Yes. Um, I carry stress in my neck. I get, I get really tight shoulders and tension in my neck. I know several people who have GI issues that their gut is trying to communicate a deeper message that is connected to maybe their stress or anxiety. Sleeplessness, insomnia can absolutely be an expression of, of overload in your system emotionally. So I just want you to start to think about, have you actually looked at some of your core physical symptoms and ask yourself the question, could it be communicating a bigger reality of my emotional world? And if so, how do I tend to it? So that's point number three. How do you reconnect? So because your physical symptoms are telling a larger story, you need to recognize that what's happening collectively in your system could be expressed through those physical symptoms. So are you listening to the narrative that your body's communicating? What story is being told? How do you reconnect? I believe that you reconnect by tending to the physical symptoms with an emotional reality awareness. So could my headaches be connected to the fact that I've taken too much on my plate in this season. I've committed to too many things. My schedule's too full. And so me getting headaches is a messenger saying, I need to lighten my schedule. I need to say no to some things and create more margin. Could the tightness in my chest be indicating that a person or situation that I've put myself in is on overload, that it's not in alignment with where God's calling me and maybe I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Let's pay attention to what our body is saying. Sleeplessness. Like I will often, if I'm in a period of high stress or I've overcommitted, I'll wake up in the middle of the night because I've got so much in my mind, my thoughts are racing. And when I'm doing that, I have to be honest with myself, Amber, you have overcommitted. If you can't do what you are called to do well in normal waking hours, then you're doing too much. I shouldn't be getting up in the middle of the night trying to work. I've got to know my boundaries. So this idea of tuning into our larger story, being aware of the narrative our body is communicating, tending to it, paying attention to it can be the key to unlock our next level of healing. So I want you to think about your story. I want you to think about your body. 
I want you to realize that your brain, mind, and body are all connected. Here is the big idea. Your body is telling your story. Your physical symptoms are often the outward expression of your inner emotional reality. So here is what I want you to reflect on this week. What physical symptoms are you experiencing most often that could be connected to your emotions? What message is it trying to convey? Is it conveying that you are over your limit, that you're overcommitted, that you need more margin? And how can you pay attention to when that symptom shows up so that you're aware of the deeper message and you can care for your body and also address the root cause accordingly? Here's a sneak peek for Thursday's episode. I am so excited for you to meet Dr. Molly Harmon. She's a naturopathic doctor. She's my personal doctor, and she has been the physician who has helped me the most in my physical health these last few years. Molly and I are going to be talking about how utilizing your story that your body holds will allow you to find the root factor for your healing. Dr. Harmon is an expert at listening. She spends 90 minutes with new patients to hear their whole story, and she pulls all the pieces together. Most patients who come to her have been to on average seven to 10 other physicians. And she's the one who pulls it all together because she believes in the interconnected design that God has created for our mind, body, and spirit. And I can't wait for you to learn from her on Thursday. See you next time. Thank you so much for sharing the space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together, and I look forward to next time.